This is episode 50 on the Millennial Life School podcast on Netflix's Singles Inferno, a Finnish and Korean-American point of view. What's up, guys? Welcome to the Millennial Life School podcast, where it's all about inspiring and encouraging 20 to 30-something-year-olds as we figure life out together. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode on the Millennial Life School podcast. I hope you guys are having a wonderful beginning of the new year, brand new year 2022, and something that's been very exciting for me in the beginning of this year is actually watching the Netflix's show Singles Inferno. For those of you guys who've never watched it before, Singles Inferno is this Korean dating reality show where there's a group of girls and a group of guys and they're stuck in this island. They call it Chiyokdo. Um, in English, I think they translate it to Inferno, but the direct translation is Hell Island. And with these group of single girls and single guys, you know, the only way to leave this island is if they quote-unquote match with another person of interest and then they can leave the island and go to this like heaven island where they get to spend the night alone together in a luxurious hotel and they can get to know each other better but the show is so fun and so interesting and so juicy and i've been watching that and they just aired their last episodes last saturday on the 8th But as I was watching it, my friend from Finland, she messaged me that she started watching that as well. And for her, she grew up really not knowing any Koreans or interacting with anyone who's Korean or consuming any Korean content. So for her, as someone who is a complete foreigner to Korean culture and Korean shows, It was very interesting just having a conversation back and forth on Instagram talking about the things that she's noticing and things that's just interesting about the show for her. So I thought it'd be fun to do a podcast together where we talk about our point of view watching Singles Inferno, her from a Finnish point of view and me as a Korean American and the things that we're noticing. And by no means this episode is to criticize one culture or another but it's for us to just expand our mind and to have some diversity and insights and perspectives as we discuss this show. All right, let's just get right into it. Mom, oh my. This This is is Millennial Life School Podcast with Taron Kiron Han. Lana, yeah. welcome to the Millennial High School podcast, officially. Thank you, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, this is so fun because we're chatting over on Instagram, just talking about Singles Inferno. This is your first Korean show that you've ever watched in your life, right? Yeah, I've never seen any Korean movies. I've never been to Korea. Yeah, and this is the first show I've watched Yeah, so we were just talking about our thoughts and stuff, and we thought, hey, like this might be such an interesting topic to discuss on a podcast. So now we're here, and just for our listeners, Lana, can you kind of introduce yourself and just let us know a little bit about who you are and what you do? Sure. Um, So my name is Lana. I come from Finland, 
originally. I was actually born in Latvia, but I moved to Finland when I was two years old. Um, and I'm an entrepreneur. We, you and I, we met in Bali when we were both starting our yeah, businesses. Yeah, we were just starting. <laughs> we were just, just starting, literally, <laughs> literally day one or like uh-huh. day five. And we met and we had that little meeting in that little restaurant when it was uh-huh. raining outside. And we were talking about our dreams and what type of mm-hmm. businesses we want to uh, establish and about our future. So mm-hmm. now three, about three years later, um, we are both running our own companies uh, in different parts of the world. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'm a e-commerce entrepreneur. I have my own brand, but I also have a small Finnish in Finnish uh, mm-hmm. podcast uh, about female entrepreneurs where I actually talk with other female entrepreneurs. And uh, yeah, um, that's what I do. I'm a full-time entrepreneur. Um, I love everything that has anything to do with marketing and business. Mm-hmm. And um, I travel a lot because I'm a digital nomad too. And yeah, that's that's who I am in a nutshell. Yeah, first of all, to just like like you mentioned, when we first met, we were just starting off and we we're just like, oh my gosh, how do you even do this? And at the time I was also doing e-commerce as well, or we were just starting e-commerce. And I just want to say, I'm so proud of us for how far we've come. And I know it wasn't easy. There are so many ups and downs, like entrepreneurship, everything about it is vulnerable. Everything about it is just like so many ups and downs, but I'm just so like proud of you and proud of us to be like sticking through it and just, you know, for all the experiences that we've gained over the years. That's true. And I, I think it's amazing that we've been calling each other a couple of times Mm -hmm. a year having video calls and just updating each other about like how it's going with our businesses and it is it's great because it is a journey and I remember at least for me first two years were really tough like really really tough but I think I think no matter what you do the learning curve is going to be difficult you know Mm -hmm. it takes time and you have to learn new skills and eventually you will make mistakes and when it comes to businesses every mistake costs you money and time and um so it's nice to have this little um support group and other people and friends who go through similar but different journey with you even if it's a different side of the world so I'm really grateful for that and I'm really grateful for meeting all these other cool people in Bali who either had their businesses or were starting out or were actually really successful already, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, And Mm. also just like on the note of Singles Inferno, so you said this is the first Korean show that you've ever consumed. And coming from Finland, did you ever meet a Korean person before? (laughs) Before Bali, before traveling? (laughs) In Finland? (laughs) no way no Uh way Finland is uh it's becoming more international but honestly Uh if yeah okay if Finland is such a small country so that you you probably don't even know this but I I think out of all European countries we take for um for example refugees uh Mm -hmm. the I think still the least or like Mm -hmm. not necessarily the least, but very little compared to other European countries. And Finland is so north up north and it's so small Mm -hmm. that it's not even that international. You know what I mean? So when I was growing up, I was actually the only foreigner in Mm -hmm. my school, you know, because I basically, my parents were immigrants. 
So no way. I I I've never met other any Asian person before, uh-huh. or may, maybe I have, but they were still kind of either adopted to Finland or one of their parents or like one of their relatives maybe. But they were Finnish. They were not like Korean. They were yeah. Finnish people. Yeah. So I'm just like curious. So watching Singles Inferno, watching your first official like Korean show, and observing these like Korean people in this dating show or dating reality show, what was your first impression? Wow. It's difficult to say because I was watching the show not so much because of that dating aspect. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not a big fan of dating shows or, you know, singles islands. Mm-hmm. But I was watching it specifically because Korean people are so different to me. And mm-hmm. I know nothing about that culture. And just the way they were talking with each other was so different. The way they were commenting about their appearance that was so different and just like how mm. they were communicating what they were doing was so different so for me it was just fascinating what fascinating. was something yeah what was something that you're watching like oh that's so different or like oh this would not happen from in like where I'm from or something that like stood out to you there were several things uh-huh. um so number one uh I was on this is only episode one and maybe two but I mm. was triggered quite a lot mm-hmm. by the way they were um commenting about each other's appearance specifically um their skin color and mm-hmm. their body size it's a, they were also saying mm-hmm. oh she's so pretty she's so pretty which is actually pretty cool and I wish more women in the western country or actually my country would be more, more open mm-hmm. about it because even here it's a bit weird to say like oh there was this woman she was so beautiful not like in our everyday speech you know yeah, of course yeah. you can say that but it's not something people say just like that you know yeah it's something that I've noticed as like a Korean American in America people don't usually comment on other people's appearances or that's just not really a topic of conversation often mm. but I think one thing that I notice when I'm in Korea and I meet my Korean relatives is like one of the first things that they always say to me is something about my appearance. So they would say something like, oh, like, oh, you look so pretty. Oh, you've gotten prettier. Or they would say, oh, like, you're so skinny. Or, oh, you gained weight. Or something about appearance. And obviously, they mean well. Like, they're trying to compliment you. But in a way, like, it just makes you hypersensitive to like the way that you look and how you present yourself and you want to continually you look a certain way because you know everyone loves compliments I mean for sure and I Mm. think okay I'm not sure if this was like a scientific study or if somebody just wrote about it but Mm -hmm. I remember clearly reading that there was a guy who had two children and he observed how people were giving compliments to his own kids Mm -hmm. actually this was in the western countries but he noticed that when to his little son and they were still kind of toddlers or just like Mm two-year-olds or something like that everybody were saying like oh you're such a strong boy you're such Mm -hmm. a you're such a wise boy you're such a you you know you're so strong you're so big you know and to the girl everybody was saying oh you're so cute you're so pretty you have beautiful Mm. eyes and all stuff like that and I I think I can even I might even do the same sometimes Mm. you know it just comes so naturally but then as a result 
these girls grow up thinking that their whole self-worth is based on their appearance and mm -hmm. daddy and mommy and everybody loves me because I am so cute and kind of like mm -hmm. when you put that in a child's brain they they grow up as adults and even though they understand that okay I'm more than just my face and my appearance mm -hmm. but it's so ingrained in you that I'm worthy only when I'm pretty you know yeah you understand with your adult brain that it's maybe not so anymore mm -hmm. but it's just in you and uh, kind of your self-worth is, is based on your appearance and that is a big problem even in the western countries that's why I think with it, we have all these movements where people are kind of educating each other not to comment on and give too many comments on their appearance all the time yeah, no, I agree. But one thing about Singles Inferno that I did notice is that they did have a little bit of like diversity in terms of like appearances. I was really happy to see that they all oh, like they have people who are tan, like tanner skin, like Soyeon and on Yewon, I think they're they're like tanner and then they're actually like sporty and into sports and things like that. So I was like, oh, like that's like, good to see i thought that all the guys were actually pretty hot uh -huh. <laughs> and most of it i thought they were really really good looking i was like uh -huh. oh i didn't even know i'm into korean men but now i am <laughs> so like um i thought all of them were really good looking um mm -hmm. but so i couldn't help but to imagine like oh what would happen if i were in the show uh-huh <laughs> you know <laughs> And then my conclusion was that everybody would think I'm just this massive mm -hmm. elephant and that's it, you know? That, honestly, uh -huh. that was exactly what I was thinking because um, because all of them mm. were just tiny and I don't want to kind of compare the or I don't want to comment too much about their, the fact that they're so small because that's probably also genetics as well. And But yeah, they were just so small and that was one of the things that I constantly paid attention on you know mm -hmm. that okay if I were there I would be you know 20 kilos bigger than others probably um it made me feel a little bit like bad about myself mm. that I was thinking that okay luckily I live in a, in the western society but if I were Korean and that was my world I hear this from everybody I every show I watch this is the mm. the the how uh -huh. yeah this is how a beautiful woman should look like and mm -hmm. obviously you see that all men like that and you start liking that and the society likes that and it, you you want to become that you see all these girls are so beautiful all the guys are so good looking and so it makes you feel like oh okay like in order for you to be deemed attractive you have to look a certain way you have to look like this but it's honestly not true and these like and I think also like people should know like this is a dating show for entertainment and it's not reality like it's not you know like people in real life don't get stuck in an island like this and you just have to like be dating and you know come out as a couple or something like that but I think watching these stuff sometimes it can be a little bit unhealthy in that way of like oh like looks and beauty standards or something like that but honestly, the show was so entertaining, though. <laughs> like after it ended, I was like, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to watch anymore because it was so juicy. The whole the whole series, every episode was so entertaining. <laughs> 
in terms of like just watching them all interact and like dating and stuff is there something that also like stood out to you or that was interesting for you yeah definitely um I think they were very innocent in a sense like uh-huh. you are you clearly like each other so much and you're uh-huh. you have admitted it to each other why don't you just even hug each other so there was this <laughs> element of like innocence that I liked uh-huh. because if this was I don't want to say American show but just the West. but if show, it wasn't yeah <laughs> if then, it was an American then, show it would look very different <laughs> People, say. Uh, people honestly would have slept with each other or something you know like yeah. which is the other extreme and uh-huh. I, I think I I like the fact that it was there was this like a little element mm-hmm. of innocence no mm-hmm. there was a big element of in- uh-huh. innocence <laughs> I think it was just a little bit also uh-huh. kind of too innocent and I and I uh-huh. want I want to comment about it because like I, I want to comment on it because if you clearly like each other and you don't even hug mm-hmm. you don't even I, they don't need to make out you know but there was uh-huh. still kind of like there's something very natural missing mm-hmm. like like clear touch like, uh-huh like a little touch so I that's why it's interesting I would love to hear more from you is this normal in mm-hmm. Korea to be a little bit kind of reserved you know yeah. what I mean so okay definitely if it's like western stuff like American shows like the bachelorette or the bachelor's you see them like make out like with everyone everyone's making out And everyone's just like, you know, being physical, which is in in Korea, it's so different in terms of like TV shows. Like if you watch Korean shows, like Korean dramas or series like that, there is very little kissing or like there is, but it, it doesn't happen very fast. So it'd be like if there's 16 episodes in a show, they would kiss maybe on like the 12th episode or something like that. And everything in between is just like building up for that. But I think one, like for these people on in the show, obviously it's for TV. So for them in Korea, it's kind of like um, inappropriate, I guess, to be that physical in front of, I guess, the camera um so that's one thing in terms of like if that's how it really is in dating life in Korea I don't know because I've never dated a Korean men from Korea so I don't know about that I think it's pretty cute when it's building up and there is this element of innocence Uh and then eventually at the end when there will be like a like a kiss mm. or they become close mm-hmm. and then it's it's also really nice because you were yeah. expecting that but that never happened and I was like okay guys like seriously relax yeah so but Give then like when hug. yeah but when that happens it's like even more exciting because it's like oh my gosh like they finally kissed or yes. they finally held hands yes. or like you should that. see how I'm watching romantic mm-hmm. movies. You just don't know this about me, Sharon. I'm uh-huh. crazy. I'm like, I'm hugging my pillow. I'm screaming into my pillow. It usually happens during the kiss. Uh-huh. You know, because movies are great. They're building it up. And then mm-hmm. in American movies, obviously. And then yeah. at the end, finally, when there is this little I love you or little uh-huh. kiss, I'm crying. I'm yeah. screaming. You know, I'm a weirdo. Seriously, I don't know anyone like me. Uh-huh. I, I'm super sensitive to those things. And eventually, <laughs> okay. we should watch a movie together next time. Yeah, we, we need to. 
<laughs> okay. Um, also, I'm like, I can't get over Chintek. He's so cute. He's my, he was my favorite in the whole show. And I just, I'm like, oh my gosh, he's so cute. He's so like handsome. And I just love his smile. I really liked him too. Um, first of all, I think he's very good looking. Secondly, he has this little there's something like he doesn't talk too much he wasn't mm-hmm. running after girls like a puppy you know mm-hmm. so there was this little element of being mysterious about him he wasn't just like gossiping around mm-hmm. and I really like when men are like that you know they're kind and nice but then there's something like um they're just he looked self-confident you mm-hmm. know kind of okay I like you I want to go on a date with you Mm-hmm. but you know I'm not gonna run like a puppy after you you know and I really yeah. like that that was like very sexy about him uh-huh yeah and like the way that he flirts like the humor and the little jokes that he made I'm like oh my gosh that's so cute <laughs> just mm. like hits the spot yeah I mean I was watching with Finnish subtitles so mm-hmm. I the joke didn't really land but uh, okay <laughs> Uh but but I can imagine she was laughing (laughs) yeah awesome so we're kind of at the end of our time now um just kind of like any final comments on the show that you want to share I just want to say that I do find every a participant and a cast member very beautiful and I think mm. they were all very good looking and uh so I don't want to be talking bad about anybody it was just something like generally that I observed that okay mm. you know this they, they were gorgeous you know but um but there there are different type of people who are also very beautiful you know mm. and it's nice that we're bringing this up you know because it was so idealized in that show but I still think they were all great and awesome and it was just an interesting experience <laughs> watching the show um and last thing before we end the podcast this is a question that I ask all my guests on my podcast is if you were to write a letter to our generation, a letter that begins with these two letters, dear millennials, what would you say? Okay, I'm gonna say this might surprise you, but uh-huh. uh, or maybe not, I don't know. But I would say, dear millennials, you're still young and you have time. And the reason why I'm saying this, I think millennials right now are either turning 30 years old or, you know, a little bit in their early 30s. And um, I think most of the people this age have massive time pressure to be something, achieve something, do something. And um, I went through the stress myself very badly, like, and I'm not just saying this, I actually Mm. did go through the stress like really badly to the level that it did paralyze me a little bit. I wasn't able to perform the way I wanted to at my work because I was just stressing about the fact that I'm turning 30 Mm. and I haven't achieved X, Y, Z or whatever. You know what I mean? And uh, I think there are some influencers who talk about this, that you still have time. You have to be patient. And, you know, people may change their profession in, in their 40s. And I understand that's not anybody's goal, but you still have time and you're still young. And um, 
no matter no matter what you want to do what you want to achieve and uh that's something that i just wanted to say yeah so good i'm sure i think like... millennials that, sorry uh-huh you were gonna say i think millenn- being a millennial is great because you you basically you you grew up without the internet but you're still tech savvy and you're aware of all this technology that generation z is is aware mm. of and grew up with mm. so we have this mature mind but then we're young at heart <laughs> yeah <laughs> we can still make tiktok videos and stuff <laughs> Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. And the reason why I said like, mm-hmm. you know, you still have time is that uh I just noticed and it's just funny observation. Mm-hmm. I noticed that a lot of people are praised for achieving something something by the age of 30. Mm-hmm. Every headline is like, you know, like, this and this dude mm-hmm. launched this and this company by the age of 25, yeah. by, you know, became a billionaire by the age of 31, you know. And I think even your podcast is about, you know, doing things, you know, and uh, and not necessarily mm. entrepreneurships, but the kind of like, you know, handling your life and a mm. career and stuff like that. So a lot of people see all these headlines and think that, okay, I'm something only when mm. this is done by the age of 30. What if you achieve it by the age of 31 or by the age of 32, mm. you know, or by the age of 34, you still have literally 50 or 40 very young active years of your life to enjoy what you've achieved but if you make yourself anxious the way I have been anxious just because of that number 30 Mm. you know what I mean or because of that time um, because you're not because you see 19 year olds kind of uh, watching uh, how to make money on YouTube and then actually kind of uh, even making money and mm. you feel pressured by that, you know, oh, they achieved that by the age of 22 and I'm 31. You know what I mean? So that I, I've had this discussion many, many times with many people. I felt anxiety and that anxiety may paralyze you. You be, may be perform worse if you just keep stressing about the time. So you, you, we have to be patient and we're still young and we have time and yeah. Yeah, no, so good. And I'm so happy that you said that because I know that a lot of people put that pressure on themselves. Like, okay, I have to uh, graduate by this age. I have to get my first job by this. I have to make this much money by this age. You know, people put all these pressure on themselves. And even my friends, they're all like in America, like, oh, by the age I'm 30, I have to make this much salary. And it's like, who says that? Like, but it's the same yeah it's the same as this beauty standards if all you see is skinny models that look like dolls you Mm. want to look like them even if even if even if you know that's not the reality Mm. but that's what you strive for because those people end up on the cover magazines Mm. and the same time if every fifth podcast headline is like oh this and this dude sold his company for 200 million by the age of 29 Mm. by the age of 30 billionaire by the age of 27 31 you know what I mean not 31 I'm sorry like 20 something and it's kind of like that's of course we all know it's okay Mm. if you do it by the age of 31 or something but it's still kind of it's in us you know that we have to be something by the age of 30 and it's ingrained in us again by the content we consume Mm. so like content and what you see and what you hear does have a massive impact in you 
the, you know, there are people who argue even, mm. is there such a thing as a will, uh, free will at all or free, mm. you know, desire, yeah. you know, preferences uh-huh. or is everything ingrained in us? Mm. So that's something to think about. Um, yeah. Yeah, no, that's so true. Diversity and content and like what you consume and like the purpose of my podcast too, like one of the things that I want to do is by bringing all these like, you know, different people like you, for example, to give their thoughts and opinion on a subject to expand people's minds so people can be more aware of like, oh, like people can't, you know, like someone from Finland can think like this or can see this in a different way or like, oh, what's something that I'm not seeing? Because like even with success, for example, like what is success? And I think before in uh, season one of my podcast, I had a lot of people, quote unquote, who are successful that I interviewed and they're, they've achieved great things at a certain age. But I realized, you know what, like, that was really cool to like have this diversity of like, oh, there's people who are living a little bit differently and achieve different things at different age. But also there's things like, hey, like in terms of beauty standards, like, oh, like you can look at things differently and people, you know, like people can see things differently and different, different things can be more beautiful or, you know, like diversity in that as well. And I think also in terms of like, personal success is like you know living a happy life or doing things that you love that itself I think is success and just the fact that we are alive and I think um, I just turned 28 in January and something that I've realized is that just turning another age is in itself an achievement because there are people who don't get to celebrate this birthday because they they pass away earlier or something like that, you know? And I'm like, hey, like I have 28 years of life experiences. Like that's a huge accomplishment, I think. And it's not just like, oh, I'm 28 and by 28, I've done X, Y, Z and I've achieved X, Y, Z. That's not it. I'm like, you know, just a human being living life. And I think we need to celebrate that. Yeah. Um, when I was hustling really hard for my company, you know, I spent two years, literally, I went to a co-working space at 5 a.m. And I was yeah. the last one to leave, like literally for a year and a half. I and know, you worked so hard. And <laughs> when the COVID hit, actually, mm. I was on this paradise island in Bali and I mm. was miserable mm. because, you know, a lot of my friends left and, uh, um, and I was literally miserable. I realized that for a, for a year and a half, I've had zero life, zero, no hobbies, very few friends, not doing anything. And now I was just miserable there, far away from people who I love and who love me, you know? And, uh, and then I was like, you know what? It doesn't make any sense. It's like, it's better to have less, you know, quote unquote, financial success or like mm-hmm. success but then have a more fulfilled life than, you know, have a bunch of money in your bank account, but then have no personal life, mm. you know? And, you know, don't get me wrong. Some, we all have these phases in our lives when we need to hustle or study, or, you know, you have exams coming and mm. you, you lock yourself indoors for a month, but still it's all about a balance and uh, you know they say that the happiest people are in poor countries you know where they have their community people and after all that's all that matters Mm. people around you and what type of human being you are 
Yeah, so true. Well, Anna, thank you so much for your time. This was such an interesting and insightful conversation. And I'm so grateful to have met you and to be kind of like on this journey together and to share knowledge, to learn from each other and to encourage other people along the way. 100% likewise, Sharon. I'm really grateful for you. Yeah, awesome. Hey guys, thank you so much for listening to another episode on the Millennial Life School Podcast. You know, this episode is quite interesting for me to just you know, have a conversation with my friend from Finland who is completely unfamiliar with Korean culture and just to hear about the things that really stood out to her or things that were culturally different for her. And I think really no one culture is better than the other or one cultural way of thinking is better than the other. But I think it's healthy to just be able to hear different thoughts and to hear about how a person from a totally different culture might perceive certain things. So I think it's nice to have these conversations with people from different parts of the world to hear their background, their thoughts as they encounter a foreign culture for the first time so that we can try to familiarize ourselves with different ways of thinking. But I hope you guys enjoyed this episode and that it was insightful and I'll see you guys in the next episode.